I'm not a loser, but sometimes I do loser things. In the event that this fails, they'll never be able to come to me and say, hey, remember that podcast you did that didn't go so well? No, that was our podcast. We did that. Yes, this is our podcast. Welcome to episode five of the In My Own Words podcast. I'm your host, Tony R. Sanders. Happy Sunday, everybody. Sunday, December 9th. Uh, essentially what that means is you have what 16 more days to get all your Christmas shopping done that means that if you're a procrastinator you can wait another week that also means for all of my young single guys out there it is breakup season you know what that means (laughs) you know what that means listen ladies young ladies listen single ladies there's a chance that your man is going to break up with you very, very soon. And it's not that he doesn't love you. I promise you it's not that he doesn't love you. It's just that he can't afford to be your friend, your boyfriend during the holidays. Listen, he can't afford to be your boyfriend during the holidays. He's going to come back around, right around, you know, right two days, three days, right after Valentine's Day. Matter of fact, he might swoop in right before valentine's day just to make sure you're not choosing nobody else to be your sweetheart but he can't afford the christmas gift and then he gotta buy your sister a gift and then your friend looking at him sideways and he's still trying to pick up extra shifts at his job he don't have time so in the meantime this is what we're gonna do because i'm gonna help my ladies out tony is here for the ladies of course right here for all of my people guys i got you ladies i got you i made what we call um, a heartache and heartbreak love playlist. I made a heartache and heartbreak love playlist on Apple Music. I am going to make sure that all day today on Sunday, it is pinned to the top of my Twitter profile. That way you can get into your breakup vibe to help you through the holidays because, you know, you got somebody that couldn't afford it. And so he got to send you off a little bit. <laughs> I promise you, it's not that he doesn't love you. I promise you. It's literally that he just couldn't afford it. I've been there. I've been there. Lil Wyclef, Lil Mary J. Yeah, this song is a classic. I got this on vinyl. <laughs> what else we got on here? We got a little Lauren Hill on here. Lauren Hill on here. X Factor. Who else we got on here? I did this just for the ladies. I did this just for the ladies. This one's for the ladies. That's uh, Chrisette Michelle right there. Oh, check this out. This is when you just start crying. So when you do that ugly cry, you got the candles lit. <laughs> you just do that straight up ugly cry. I gotta do. This one, this old Chris, this is pre-drama Chris, this is media darling Chris, this is the Chris Brown everybody loved, Dang, I know, I know. before, before just, it all went bad, some things I gotta get off my chest, alright, anyway, we could go through that all day, anyway, happy holidays is what I'm trying to say, in my own very uh, skeptical you know, dark way. What I'm trying to say is happy holidays. And if your loved one does leave you during this time, just know that they'll be back. Um, 
right after the Christmas items go on sale. So happy Sunday going off the top. I want to talk to you guys about this Kevin Hart situation. So for those of you who don't know, Kevin Hart announced that he was going to host the Oscars. Big deal. Round of applause for Kevin Hart. I don't have a round of applause button. I'll add it in and post. Round of applause for Kevin Hart for getting the opportunity to host the Oscars. The Oscars hosting is a big deal, especially for comedians, right? It was a big deal when Ellen did it. It was a big deal when Chris Rock did it. It was a super big deal that Kevin was going to do it. But of course, when you are high up, people are going to quickly throw stones. And so what someone took the time to do, bless their heart, is go back and dig up tweets from nine and ten years ago of Kevin saying something that we consider today globally, at least on the Internet and in the United States, as a homophobic slur. Now, I won't say the word because I um, understand that today in 2018, that that is something that everyone should be very sensitive to, should be hypersensitive to, and should be aware of how that word is triggering to a lot of people. Especially if you take the time, which I won't do right now because this isn't my deep dive, but if you take the time to research um, the root of that word and why it's used the way that it is and why it could be triggering to someone or the uh, danger that is associated with that word or how they use that word, I'll say it like this, how they use that word uh, in the UK back in the day and what that was used for and how it could be used as, you know, someone that is gay, right? So I understand that. But here's my here's my problem with the Kevin Hart thing, and I won't stay on this too long because we're just going off the top, but my problem is not that he said those things. It was a different time. It was a different era. It was 10 years ago. We were less sensitive to those things then than we are now, right? Not that it was ever right, but society was not as uh, harsh towards those sayings, um, especially, you know, culturally, the way that they were used. They were never used to um, be a slur or demean anyone uh, as it relates to their sexual preferences, right? That was never the, the case. So I'm not mad that he said those things 10 years ago like a lot of internet people are. I'm not mad that someone... I'm not even mad that someone went back and dug up his old tweets because what do we know about haters? Haters are going to hate. That's what we know, right? And so it's their job to hate. And as you become more successful, people are going to hate more and more, right? So I'm not even mad about that. What I am mad about is that he apologized for it. Don't apologize for it, Kevin. If I could have talked to him, that's what I would have said. You know, Steve Harvey, another comedian, he uh, he had a very great saying when people start try to uh, dig up some of the things that he did a long time ago. He's like, look, man, I was who I was, but I am who I am, and I'm okay with both of those things. I was who I was, but I am who I am, and I'm okay with both of those dudes. Here's my problem. If you want to get mad at Kevin for being that way 10 years ago, take a second to think. It took you to go back 10 years to find that type of language 
to actually hold his feet to the fire. It took you that long to go back to look at all those tweets and get outraged about something that he said. If he hasn't said those things in over a decade or nearly a decade, what does that communicate? To me, it communicates that he's changed. As with the times, he's changed. Clearly, if it took you to go back 10 years, something changed, something was different. But this is the problem, right? When someone went searching, they weren't searching just for information, they were searching for confirmation, meaning that they already knew something was there and they just had to find it. So never mind it took them 10 years to go back to find it. Never mind that that was a different time. Oh my God, I finally found it. I tweeted the other day that when you when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Right? You got this hammer and you are looking for something to do with this tool. And so you start to say, oh, well, that's a water bottle. Maybe I can use it as a nail. Because I got, I got this hammer. I got to use this hammer. I really want to use this hammer. Today, for a lot of people, that hammer is an outrage. They are an outrage looking to happen somewhere. And so, oh, wait, you want to give him credit? You want to give him a leg up? You want to give him an opportunity? Man, that may be a good, good space for me to go and get outraged. And now what you see is the backlash from it after Kevin apologized, or we can call it blacklash. <laughs> you see a lot of these celebrities, one being Nick Cannon going up and he's digging up old tweets of other celebrities who, let's just say, look a little different than Kevin. Of all the homophobic things that they said 10 years ago. Listen, guys, it was a different time. We can't start judging people today based off of the societal codes and the rules that we lived off of yesterday. I'm not talking about crime committing, right? Obviously, back in the 70s and 80s in Hollywood, there were some crazy things going on that were accepted in society, but also super illegal. That's a different story, right? And I don't even mean to be this, this heavy, right? This took a dark turn. I need to get off of this. But there were some things that were going on back then that in certain circles were, it was okay. It was accepted. It was hush-hush, right? No one said much about it. And so those things were allowed to go on, but they were criminal, Right. They were criminal. So I'm OK with Bill Cosby going to jail because he's criminal. It's a difference between saying something on Twitter 10 years ago and being criminal. When it comes to things that aren't criminal, we cannot judge people based on the moral high ground that we stand on today. Looking back. To the past. That's all I'm saying. I'm going to get off of that. We're going to go to our wow moments of the week. Our wow moments of the week. I love this segment because it gives me a chance to just look back at people and just say, wow. Oh, my God. Wow. I got this story. This is not a story. I promise I'm not making this up. Uh, let me just read to you the title. The title says, awkwardly named serial masturbator lands in hospital after alleged toilet brush incident at the doctor's office. Now, 
I won't even give you the entire story. That headline says it all. It's a 47-year-old guy. The, the headline, once again, says awkwardly named serial masturbator. Just out of curiosity, how many times do you have to masturbate for it to be serial? Asking for a friend. Just wanted to know. Anyway, serial masturbator lands in a hospital after alleged toilet breast incident. Now, I'm a man. I've been a man for a while. 31 years old. I have no idea what type of masturbation technique he's using with a toilet brush. It doesn't seem safe. It doesn't seem fun. It doesn't seem relaxing or satisfying or any other adjective that you would use to describe a situation where one would be pleasuring themselves. So I don't know what he was doing with the toilet bowl brush. That's not even why I'm here. I'm here to see his name. Don't we all want to say his name? You want to know his name, don't you? You're listening. You're having your coffee right now. You're drying. All of a sudden, I'm so great that I got you interested to know what the serial masturbator's name is. Well, guess what? The name didn't disappoint. It's Brian. And you may say, what's okay, what's, what's so weird about Brian? Nothing. His last name is Bates. Brian Bates. And I guarantee you in school, they called him Brian M. Bates. And the M was for master. Brian Master Bates. And he lived up to his name, apparently. This guy is 47. Brian, you're going to die one day. You want people to remember you as a serial masturbator? <laughs> All I could say to that is, wow. Why is that what you're known for? Maybe names mean a lot. <laughs> well, you can't control your last name, but maybe ma names mean a lot. I went to high school and friends with someone and uh, their last name is Bates. And yeah, we just always say what's up master so childish but it's still funny uh another wild moment of the week a 22 year old uh 22 year old idiot i'm sorry addict got his eyeballs inked oh my god wow this guy is addicted to tattoos he has more tattoos on his face than takashi 69 he has them um all over his face, on his nose, on his lips, anywhere you can think of. And he ran out of skin, so he said, oh, I got a good idea. I'm going to get my eyes tattooed. Wow. And you know what's super unfortunate is when you look at this guy, there's an article from the New York Post, by the way, when you look at this guy, he was a good-looking guy prior to the tattoos. Like, I don't know what happened. He's had over 40 body modifications. He said the most painful thing that he ever done was getting his tongue split. So he has the two tongue thing going on. And uh, that looks super painful. He has the biggest gauges in his ears of all time. And that looks super painful. And he just has tattoos everywhere. I mean, scalp tattoos. He's got them down his neck. He's on his back, on his arms. And uh, let's just say his next project is going to be below the belt uh yeah maybe he could use a toilet bowl brush anyway moving on <laughs> this podcast good thing i can't get canceled isn't that a good thing like it's just me i could do and pretty much say whatever i want 
Um, so, so let me give you a little bit of an insight to my mental space today. So, uh, obviously the podcast comes out on, on Sunday, but I record on Saturday and, uh, a week ago, Friday, I found out that my uncle passed away and we had the funeral today. Right. And so this was my, my mom who also passed away, uh, almost four years ago, rest in peace to her. It was her oldest brother. Right. So my oldest living uncle passed and the funeral was today. And so I just started thinking about, you know, the different memories that I had with him. Of course, as you do when you um, reminisce over someone that, you know, that is no longer here. And I started to think about my mom and started to think about my childhood. And one of the cornerstones or pillars of uh, our childhood was the time that we spent watching TV. And my mom was great at getting us all together. And we would gather around the TV and we'd watch different shows. And so I started to go back through uh, some of my mom's favorite shows. And I started running across, you know, a bunch of different shows. But definitely... Shows like um, Fresh Prince, right? Everybody loves the the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air with Will Smith, Alfonso Ribeiro. Let me see if I can pull it up. Um, there we go. So I started thinking about these shows, right? So we would watch Fresh Prince. We would watch the Cosby now Show, obviously. We would watch uh, Family Matters. We would watch down, all these shows. Like but my mom's right favorite show, one of her favorite shows she liked to watch was Living Single. And so I would watch this show all the time. And for those of you guys who don't know, Living Single is uh, a show that came on in the 90s. I remember it coming on the Fox on Thursdays after Martin. You'd have Martin living single and then New York undercover. And um, so I'm thinking about these TV shows. I'm thinking about living single. I'm scrolling through social media this week and I see an article that says the TV show Friends is going to be pulled from Netflix. Now, this is where my brain really started to go and really got interesting. <laughs> it really got interesting because I have a thing with Friends. Uh, and I want to, I want to, I want to be careful here because of where I'm taking the conversation, but here's my thing with friends. Um, my wife loves this show. Like there was a time not too long ago, uh, like literally weeks ago where it was like, she couldn't go to sleep without hearing Phoebe sing smelly cat, like <laughs> always watching friends Every episode, every night, the last thing I hear before I go to bed and the first thing I hear when I wake up was the Friends theme song or some, um, you know, joke from Ross or Rachel or Joey or Chandler and Phoebe and the whole crew. Right. So reading that article, which uh, if I remember correctly, turned out to not be true. It doesn't seem like Netflix is pulling Friends off, but reading that article mixed with the memories, made me dig deep and figure out exactly why don't I like friends. And so this is where we get into my deep dive. There's a history 
for creatives, right? Specifically black creatives and white creatives. And this history obviously spans more than just the creation realm, but for the sake of the conversation and the deep dive that we're going to have today, we're just going to focus on as it relates to creators. There's a history of America as a whole being more receptive and more responsive to creations that come from white creators as opposed to black creators. Even going all the way back to the birth of a nation when you have uh, that time frame where you have white actors in blackface portraying black people because the black people weren't allowed to actually act. And so they had to make a white person black. And of course, there's a whole history there with blackface. Um, you should you should look that up uh, if you don't know about it. And um, that was a whole thing, right? A super painful thing when you stop to actually think about it. And then you have this Chuck Berry Elvis thing, right? Where, you know, maybe Chuck Berry does a song and he does this rock and roll thing. Uh, but then Elvis can come and do the exact same thing, but gets more credit, gets more uh, money, more of the accolades, uh, essentially can write the history of rock and roll, although it's something that he took from someone else, right? And it was more accepted because there's a history with creatives where it's more accepting from a white creator than a black creator. So what does it have to do with anything? Well, it brings me to this. The theme song of now, I want to say that if you're a white creator and you're creating, especially for a show as great as Friends, and the show is great, right? The show has broken all these records and these awards and the, the pay that they receive. The show is great, but my beef with the show is that it's essentially a ripoff of Living Single. Now, this is a conversation that we need to have. It's a ripoff of Living Single because they're essentially the same show. They're both about... Six friends living in New York, living in Brooklyn, just trying to figure it out. They both have very similar characters. Like, you can't look at me and tell me that you like Phoebe, but you don't like Sinclair. Like, there's very, uh, even a lot of the jobs that they do uh, on the show are, you know, kind of the same. Even the personality types, you know, maybe one's a lawyer, one's a professor, but the personality type is very similar um, you know, both of them have struggling actors that are just trying to find their way. You know, the fashion person. A lot of similarities between these shows. And I start to think about when I've had this conversation with people before. And I would start to point out little subtle things and. Oh, no, that's just that's just an, that's just a coincidence. 
oh, no, it doesn't really, you know, it's not really like that. Or, you know, Friends is a great show. Friends is funny. And I'm not, again, I'm not knocking Friends. I'm not saying Friends isn't a great show. I'm not saying that that the the actors and the actresses that participated in the show, the writers, the producers, the entire thing, I'm not, I'm not discrediting any of those people. I'm just simply using this as an example of how when you're a creative, especially a, ba- a black creative, you have to be twice as good and three times as lucky to receive the same opportunities. Right. And I wanted, I know people are thinking like, oh, well, you know, it's, it's not really the same. Like Phoebe and Sinclair aren't really the same characters. You know, you can't really say that Kyle Barker and Ross are the same. You can't really say that, you know, there's elements of, of, uh, Overton sprinkled through Chandler's personality and like you can't really say those things and you're right like those things can be debated but let's talk about some things that can't be debated first of all let's talk about which show came first so that's, that's a fair place to start right original release date for living single that would be August 22nd 1993 so that's August of 1993. Uh, if I remember correctly, actually, let, let's not rely on my memory. Let's look it up. Original date for Friends aired on NBC September 22nd, 1994. So a year apart, fair to say that they were being um, produced and developed close to around the same time. Coincidence? Maybe. Let's look at another thing. Okay, so Living Single came first. And the, the concepts are the same, right? Six friends in Brooklyn, in New York, living in the same building, trying to figure it out. You know, they got they both have the little coffee shop that they go to, except on on Living Single, it's more of a nightclub spot that they go to and hang out. They have the talent show there where uh Kyle started to serenade Max. He's selling the my Funny Valentine, really, really great episode. If you haven't seen it, check it out. And then on Friends, their version of that was, of course, the coffee house. And the sets almost look identical. So when I'm watching the show and I'm looking at the sets and I'm saying, wow, they enter the door from the same side. The same setup is the same where they have the steps on living single. That's where you go to the bathroom on friends. If you're okay, I'm looking at the coffee shops. It looks just like the nightclub. Well, let me look at the, the production of these shows. Maybe the production company is similar or use the same set. Oh, wait, it's the same production company. Both produced by Warner Bros. Hmm. Plot thickens just a little bit more. It gets a little more interesting so then you wonder okay well well what was the real difference between these two shows well i can tell you one big difference both shows went to warner brothers both shows started to get shopped to different networks and we're talking about the 90s right so fox was the home of shows like martin uh, shows like New York Undercover show, you know, there were there were black shows on um, on Fox. But the place you wanted to be, without a doubt, was NBC. Right. That's where the Cosby show was. 
that was primetime TV. And I happen to know something that um, I heard from someone who actually worked on the show, a source that I won't reveal because I don't have permission to reveal, that when the show was in production and they were looking for cast members and they had the first couple of ones and they were pitching the show around, um, they wanted it to be on NBC. In fact, when they went in, one of the suggestions uh, among many that they make to the show is that they actually rename the show because Living Single may not be marketable enough. And so they had a couple of other names that they wanted to throw at the the production company to say, hey, maybe you could name the show this and it'll market a little bit better. And uh, one of those names was Friends. Just, you know, merely a coincidence. But they stuck their ground. They said, you know what? We're going to keep it as living single. We really like that show. And then they were told that mm, maybe NBC isn't the home for you. I don't know if our audience would like a show like that. And so then you get shipped over to Fox, which is not a horrible spot, but definitely not the primetime spot for distribution that you're going to get at NBC. And so, okay, we go to Fox, we do our thing. We are trying to get the show off the ground. We're trying to have some success. A year later, NBC signs a very, very similar show, except now there's an all-white cast, same production company from Warner Brothers, on primetime in NBC, and oh, it just happens to be named Friends. So yeah, I have a little bit of a problem with this show because again, for me, it's just another case of it's different for black creators than it is for white creators. And again, that doesn't mean that you're talent, you're not talented if you're a white creator. It doesn't mean that the people, you know, the Lisa Kudros of the world and the Jennifer Aniston's and like super talented people. That friend show is is freaking great. It's a classic show. One of the greatest shows of all time. I'm not knocking them. I'm just posing the question is, why is it more uh, acceptable and easier for black for white creatives than it is for black creatives, especially when we're doing the same thing? And why is that always the go-to for us? Uh, I don't know if that one's going to work. I don't know if, if our people are going to like that. I don't know if that type of show works here. But then you go do the whitewashed version of it, and now it's one of the most successful sitcoms of all time. Meanwhile, Living Single's getting canceled. Like, how does that work? <laughs> right? We can acknowledge that both shows are great. We can acknowledge that there are way too many similarities between these two shows for it to just be another coincidence. Both things can be true. Yes, both shows are great. Yes, Friends, it is an amazing show. Yes, Living Single is an amazing show. But something happened there. It reminds me of on the Five Heartbeats. If you guys haven't seen this movie, and this will be one of my last points. If you guys haven't seen this movie, you should check it out. It's called The Five Heartbeats. It's about um, the um, some of the, the quartet, not quartet, what am I saying? 
some of the soul groups that um I guess the, the quartet is the proper term for the group. That's not the term I was looking for, but it details like a culmination of uh, groups like the Temptations and the Four Tops and the Dales and kind of their life stories, but all melded into this one fictional group of the five heartbeats. And uh, when they are going to this record company to get distribution for their song, Nothing But Love, uh, the record company does something very, very interesting that just is another example that, you know, this is a real point of contention for black creatives is, um, you know, having your ideas taken and, and you know, making uh, a more, quote unquote, acceptable version. So listen to the song. So this is the original five heartbeat version of the song. So this is the song that gets them in the office, by the way, with the record executive. And then the record executive gets a hold of that. And this is what he decides would be, you know, a better version of that song. And of course, five white no guys, instead of the five heartbeats, they're the five horsemen. Don't live the life of a like, it's comical. This is a, a great part of the movie. And you can just kind of see it all over their faces that they're just sick. Like, what in the world is happening right now? Right? Like, that's a real thing that, unfortunately, has happened throughout history. And so I just wanted to bring awareness to that when you see me on social or in public or whatever, and we have, we're having a conversation um, like the one that I had this week on Twitter uh, with Lyric, shout out to Lyric. Lyric is great. She's a great follow. But when I had this conversation with Lyric, you know, the reason why I have that mentality towards that show is for me, it's, it's just like blatant disrespect. It's a blatant kick in the face to the people that worked oh so hard on the living single show to not even get half of the compensation, half of the distribution, half of the viewers with an original concept that they brought in to that production company and to that network that was then cut out, cut out from under them and given to uh, an all-white cast. So I wanted to leave you guys with that. I hope you guys have a very great week. I will see you guys next Sunday. As always, I love you. You can follow me on Twitter at Tony R. Sanders. And let me know if there are some things that you would like for me to talk about on the podcast. This is our podcast, like I mentioned in the very beginning. If you want to leave me a voice note, yes, you can hear your voice on our podcast. If you want to leave me a voice note, there's an app called Anchor. You can download the Anchor app. You can record right from your phone. You don't need any special equipment. And you can leave your thoughts on this topic. Um, You can leave your thoughts on the WNBA topic we talked about, Carmelo Anthony. What else have we talked about? You can leave your comments on my travel uh, trip. Actually, my uh, friend of mine, Chuck, he left some comments about travel. And so sooner or later, we're going to do an update podcast where I can loop in. He gave some great uh, travel tips. So definitely check me out on Anchor at Tony R. Sanders. Send me a voice message. Until that time, peace.